All right, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in verse 11 and 12. And then also Psalm 44, 23 through 26 this morning. So uh, if you guys will pray the Matthew prayer that's found in your song sheet with me, and then we'll look at the text and get into it today. Our Father, we thank you for this wise picture of Christ's life. Please reveal it to us deeply through your Holy Spirit. Teach us to listen well, learn well, and to live out that knowledge. Renew our sight, refresh our hearts, and grant our desire to seek and follow you. Jesus, help us live our lives for you. Amen. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they, uh, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then Psalm 44, 23 and 26. This is a prayer of somebody who is being persecuted. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Today is the last of the Beatitudes, even though we're still in the Sermon on the Mount, we'll be there for a while, but this is the opening section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I believe wholeheartedly that it is meant to bless us, to encourage us, to convict us, and to show us the cost of what it means to follow Jesus with our whole heart, soul, and mind, our lives, seeking after him. Jesus wants people to follow him as he follows his Father. Right? He also wants us to know the cost as well as the blessing that he has for us so that we can count the cost. We can see if it's worth it to follow Jesus. And I love that even in the Beatitudes, Jesus isn't trying to trick us. He's not, he isn't just saying, hey, grace and love, peace unto you. He's letting us know uh, the whole part of it. There is peace and love and grace to us. But it's not without mentioning that it isn't always going to be easy for us. That there are blessings and rewards, but there's also a cost. So, count the cost, consider the blessings and the rewards. This is what Jesus has for us in the beginning part of his Sermon on the Mount. In today's uh, blessing, we see that it doesn't really feel like a blessing if you've ever experienced this. It, that you are blessed if you are reviled. Just even the, the, the word reviled doesn't sound pleasant, right? If you are persecuted, you are blessed. And if people bear false accounts, if they utter lies about you, if they speak evil about you because you're following Jesus, then you're blessed. Some translations have said that this word blessed is happy. You're happy when this happens. Last week, we talked about persecution that we, may, that we might face as we follow Jesus. And this week, we're going to talk about it again, but it's, only, uh, it's the only beatitude that's mentioned twice. That this, this idea of persecution is mentioned twice. And it seems to suggest 
that this will happen if we follow Jesus to one degree or another. We will be persecuted, and we are to count that a blessing. And we are to know and remember that those who have come before us were also persecuted. So there's many who have come before us. They were persecuted and reviled. And at this point in human history, we have hundreds of thousands of stories, if not more, of people who have been persecuted for following Jesus to one degree or another. Every month I, I do get in the mail, I get this Voice of the, the Martyrs magazine, and it's telling the stories of current persecution and revilement that happens in this world. These are not just stories from the distant past when Jesus was around or right after he left, but they're current stories of people being persecuted today. Not, and they're people that are alive today, that if we had the means, we could go and visit these people that the stories are being told about. And they're not just being bullied or talked about, but they're having their houses burnt down. They're having their churches burnt down. There's a couple stories in here where they lose their mothers, their fathers, their sons, their wives, their daughters, all the vicious murders while they narrowly escape. And this happens in our world today. Not distant past, it happens today. And I want to read two stories from this recent magazine. And so the first one is from Laos. It says, Most Christians in Laos are persecuted by family members or village authorities a reality experienced by a Christian couple, Lerm and Dao, who were kicked out of their village after they placed their faith in Jesus. In April 2022, right? That's not distant past. That's just over a year ago. Lerm and his wife, Dao, started worshiping at a Christian church. A few months later, Dao's father, who was the head of their village in northern Laos, found out about the couple's faith and demanded that they renounce Christ. When Lerm and Dao refused, Dao's father used his influence to have them evicted from the village because he did not want any Christians living there. He also took away their income and their food supply. After the couple's eviction, Lerm asked his own father to take them in, but his own father was too afraid of losing his government job. Lerm, Dao, and their two children, ages five and three, now live in a temporary hut on a land provided by their local church. Though the family lost everything when they were evicted, their faith has remained strong. It's a powerful story, isn't it? Lerm and Dao. And then this second one is from Nepal. Anu Dani earned her money by predicting people's future. And her husband, I'm gonna, I don't know how to pronounce this name, but I'm going to pronounce it the way I, I can figure it out. Parkrash worked in a noodle factory. When their three-year-old daughter became seriously ill and no one could heal her, a new sister suggested that the couple take their daughter to a Christian church for prayer. They took her advice. And after receiving prayer from the church's pastor, their daughter was restored to health. Anu immediately abandoned her occult practices and placed her faith in Jesus. But Pakrash responded violently and tried to kill the pastor. Believing her husband was possessed by a demon and mentally ill, Anu asked the pastor to pray for him. Soon, Pakrash was healed and came to faith in Christ. When Pakrash's family learned about the couple, couple's Christian faith, they forced them out of the family home, fearing that their presence would anger the spirits of their ancestors. The young family sought help from their pastor, and they are now living 
in a small room in their local church. With Voice of the Martyrs help, they, they hope to build a small home where they can continue to follow Christ. These are real people in our day and age who are suffering for the sake of Christ, who are persecuted, who are reviled. Lerm and Dow are not living an easy life, are they? Right? Even though they have not renounced Christ, they have been shunned. They've been evicted, taken their money, their food taken away. His own father was the one who removed them from their village. The land that they knew, that they grew up on, all that they knew. And all this is because they're Christians. And think of it this way, they're young Christians too. They don't have the seasoning. Their faith isn't mature yet. It is, it is brand new. And yes, the church is helping them, but at the same time, they lost everything they know. When they found Jesus, they counted the cost, and they are now have to be 100% reliant on Jesus for everything. And so with that, let's just pray for them right now. Lord, we thank you for this story of Lerm and Dow. Lord, we can't imagine their situation, especially where we're at. Lord, their life isn't easy. We pray that, Lord, you say that they're blessed. I pray that I pray blessing on them. Lord, I pray that your grace will shine on them. I pray that your face will shine on them. Lord, please redeem them for the sake of your steadfast love. In Jesus' name, amen. And I love this other story, Anu, who made up, made her money in such a way that for her to follow Jesus, she would have to give that up, right? And I, I love this story, this brief story, because she was so desperate. She was a good mom. She was so desperate to see her daughter revealed of a sickness that in a last ditch effort, she went to Christians to pray. She's like, well, nothing else has worked. Let's just, let's give this a try. And then the Christians prayed for her daughter and God healed her. Unbelievable. And seeing the reality of Jesus, she gave up her job, her income, and probably willing to forego her husband and all that because uh, her entire family to follow Jesus. At first, it cost her everything, right? Her job, her husband, maybe even more, maybe even her home temporarily, as the husband learned about it, right? It said that he got violent. Maybe she was caught up in the violence. At least she was, you know, in the, in the community. It wasn't good that her husband became violent. But then when Pakrash uh, gave his life to Jesus too, God freed him from his hate and his rage and just saved him. He redeemed him. But then... It costs their family their house. And now, for the sake of Christ, they're living in a small room that the church has provided for them. They have felt the blessing of healing, but they have had to endure much in their young Christian walk. And I pray that these verses, as they read these, that it serves, uh, it certainly applies to them. I pray that it serves as a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. So Jesus, we come before you. For the sake of our brother and sister, Anu and Pakrash and their young daughter, Lord, and if they have other kids, them too. Lord, I pray that you will provide for them a home. I pray that you will provide for them land. I pray that you will provide for them income and food. Lord, let their story encourage us. And Lord, I pray that we may meet them one day and just see the blessings that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And there's one other, there's, there's a whole bunch of stories in here that were that were crazy. And there's one quote, though, from a pastor in the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo that is apt for today. He said this, we are standing stronger knowing that even if we're being persecuted or oppressed 
By the way, this is the country where their entire family was killed and they had to leave. Knowing that even if we are persecuted or oppressed, God is still in control. This is not a cliche for them. This is not a... Uh, this is not something that, hey, God's good all the time. You know, it's not something that they just say. This is something that they have to live, that they have to trust, that they have to walk out that God's in control because at any moment, somebody can come in and burn their house or kill their family. And that's a very real reality that they're living in today. One of the things that bothers me from time to time in this magazine, however, is that it shows folks smiling as if nothing had ever happened. And, um, but... And it does. Sometimes you're like, how can you be smiling? How can you be smiling? But most of the time, this is what they're showing. They're showing folks standing in front of their burned home or pictures. uh, um, And they're not, like, excited. So it shows a reality that's like, yes, this is costing me. This is something that is very real. Even in the pictures, it says, following Christ has has cost me. Right? There's one picture in here where a lady, her house was burned. And she gets to still live there, but it's an absolute heap of rubble. It's an absolute, just in shambles. And she's standing there, but there's also pictures of them at their baptism. And they're receiving Jesus. And it's a beautiful picture of them, somebody getting baptized, and people around them, a community of Christ around them. Or they're receiving a Bible with great joy. This is, this is an incredible thing. I mean, I have like 500 Bibles laying around my house and probably 500 more laying in storage right now. But as a church, this is why we support Voice of the Martyrs and have since the very first year that we did the Thrill of Hope. They have been our one constant, and that's because God is still in control. That's because we get to uh, use our privilege and the fact that we don't live like this every single day to go, look, we're going to help you. We're going to help you. We're going to do our best to provide for you a scripture, to give you encouragement, for you to maybe even read this scripture, Matthew 12, blessed are those when others revile you and persecute you, and let that be an encouragement to others. We've, we've smuggled, as a church, we've participated in smuggling Bibles into North Korea, into China, into different places all over the world, Iraq, Iran, all that kind of stuff. And it's been a beautiful thing. And so one of the reason for this is that we want to be a help to those who have suffered much. Amen? Like we want to be a help. A little bit of hope. I know this about hope. A little bit of hope and relief can go a long way. And even if it's not like the relief of like hope realized, but it's just a little, little light it can go a long way and it can serve to encourage and keep people steadfast in their walk with Jesus. And I think of this, a Bible in the hands of a new Christian is a beautiful thing. Amen. Being able to read scripture and being able to read the verses that are comfort, like blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. A lot of times they're comforted by what? The words of scripture. Even in our culture today that doesn't use scripture, when they do, they either use it to revile us or they use it to bring comfort in those situations. One of the other reasons that we support uh, Voice of the Martyrs is because the founder of Voice of the Martyrs, whose name is Richard Vermbant, he had a book entitled Tortured for Christ. And I don't know if you've read it. It's a pretty gruesome book, actually. It's a pretty gruesome book with very, very hard stories of persecution being told. And at one point of the book, one of the persons who was being persecuted for years and years, they endured horrific beatings and unmentionable humiliation. 
while they were locked up for over 10 years. And this is what they said. They said, I have suffered for Christ more than Christ himself has suffered. And it really struck me because I've always pictured like Jesus suffering as the utmost suffering in the world. Now, this person did not take on the sins of the world, right? But the account of his suffering would make you consider his words. Because what he endured for a long time, maybe it was a mercy that Jesus' persecution was, his, his trial and his, his nailing on the cross was short-lived. But he had, this man had suffered much indeed, and even though he was not put to death, he was tortured. And his torture endured for a long time. And you know what else did? His faith in Christ. He never renounced it. There was, a certain, uh, there was certainly a great amount of suffering, but many others have endured this type of suffering and more just for following Christ. Just for following Christ. Many around the world who are suffering persecution through the ages and even today pray this psalm that we're looking at as well today. Awake. Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourselves. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our uh, why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love which you promised to us. These folks who are praying this, it's not because of their own foolishness or their own sinfulness. It's simply because they have tasted and seen of the goodness and the grace of Jesus and they have experienced His love to such a great level that they won't give up. They won't renounce Jesus. Even if it would make their life easier, they're not going to give up on Him because He never gave up on them. But they're not all smiling, happy faces. They would love for this persecution to stop. Amen? They would love for Jesus to return. This prayer of awake, this prayer of rise up, rouse yourselves. Don't reject us. Other Psalms pray, remember that you love us. And this idea, this prayer of pain and agony, and I'm sure confusion and maybe frustration at times is one that is still offered up to Jesus because they believe He's the only one that can help. He's the only one that they are reliant on. And they, they want Him to listen. There's much to learn in this prayer. Even if you feel forgotten. Even if you feel unheard or unseen. Even if you feel that God may not see you because whatever reason. Maybe you think He's asleep. The cries, the prayers that are still being offered are a fragrant offering to our God. Faith like this, faith in these times is hard won at times, right? It's not an easy faith. It's not, it's not necessarily happy. However, even in the desperation and dire circumstances, we can still believe that God is for us. That God is still for these people who are being persecuted, right? As hard as it may be, worship and praise of God for his goodness, for his love, even though they may not have felt like they've tasted it in a while, in hope they continue to call out. And it's a beautiful thing. But these words are a comfort. Blessed are you when you are reviled and when you are persecuted. And 
utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they have persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus knew this would happen. He knew it would happen. He sent it out as an, a warning as this, in this very first opening sentence, uh, or these opening sentences of his, his great sermon, he sent it out as a warning and an encouragement. One of the many great things in Voice of the Martyr magazine is how often forgiveness is talked about. It's beautiful. About how much love is displayed in forgiveness even towards those who hate them and want to kill them. There is also a side of rejoicing and gladness that is not fake. It is sincere as they follow Jesus. But not only that, there's comfort. And there will be comfort when they receive their great reward in heaven. This reward is great because Jesus said it would be great. These rewards are more than simply being paid back. It's like, okay, you suffered for me on a level five. Here's the level five gift. No, it'd be like, hey, you suffered for me on a level five. Here's a level one billion gift. Because God is gracious. It goes far beyond just simply being paid back. The reward is part, in part, is relational. Jesus' rewards are far more generous than anything we deserve. This is what God does for us. Our God is a rich God full of blessing and full of provision, not just in the material world, but here these rewards for persecution will be given in heaven, at least in this, this scripture. But not all the Beatitudes have this as part of their rewards. Uh, there are still blessings and rewards of following Jesus here on earth. Amen? There, there are. Sometimes we don't talk about them or think about them that much, but even though there's hard times, there's still peace that passes all understanding. We still get that as Christians, and it may not feel like it all the times, and at times we actually may reject the peace that Jesus is trying to give us, but we don't have to wait for heaven for that peace. He can give it to us. There is comfort in mourning. We don't have to wait for heaven for that. It'll be greater in heaven. We also receive grace and mercy here on earth. Not always, but it is there, and we get to receive it and accept it as a gift. But there's also, I look at these as rewards, the fruits of the Holy Spirit that Jesus left for us to remind us that it's not just a cost. It's not just a deficit, but there's also great benefits in following Jesus. We get love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are rewards. And oftentimes when we walk with Jesus, we are able to realize them in a supernatural way, aren't we? Not all the time. In which they come to us. We know that it's a heavenly gift here on earth. We know that during certain times when God gives us peace or joy when we shouldn't have it, we know that it's from Him. And in Jesus, we are supposed to start seeing this. How great and generous God our Father truly is. Jesus knows the cost. He knows the cost. He knew it would cost him his life to follow God's rescue plan for us, right? The cost was steep, and Jesus even prayed that it might be removed removed from him, but it wasn't, and Jesus still went willingly to the cross to follow the will of God our Father, and it says that Jesus, even though in this hard place, did this for the joy that was ahead of him. You know what that was? Jesus got a reward too. That reward is 
and eternity with those who believe in Him. For if we believe in Him, that's you and me, the cost was great, but the reward of us, getting to spend eternity with us, is also great. Jesus loved us enough, knowing the steep price that He paid. And His reward is you and me. I pray that we might think about rewards this week. That we will see that there is a great benefit to following Jesus, even if there is a great cost, even if it feels hard at times, even if we are persecuted and reviled, and even though lies are spread about us, there's a reward in that. There's a reward in that. We get to think about that. We get to be okay with receiving rewards from our, our Father because He gives us His grace, which is a reward. He gives us His mercy, which is a reward. He gives us His love, which, by the way, isn't owed us, but He gives it to us because of His great love for us. And I pray that we may see a small part of the rewards, that we will start to understand and know just how generous God is. That we don't live in scarcity. That we don't live as if God's not enough for us. But Father, Holy, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are so great in their help and their grace and their love for us. I do pre- pray that we continue to count the cost and that we rely on Him. That no matter good times or bad, we walk with Him. We count the cost. We know that it's there. But that we also know that there are rewards some, some of them are now, and some of them will be received one day when we see Jesus face to face. And may that day come soon. And may we hold on until we see that day, until we see our Savior face to face. So, we can pray that Jesus will rise up. We can pray that, that Jesus will rise up for specific situations in general. We can pray that He comes back. We're still praying that. But I pray that we will also count the fact that we are blessed, that we are blessed even when bad things happen. So Jesus, I pray that as we come to you, Lord, we come to you because you're so gracious to us. Please be with us, Father. Please, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. Please help us see the great rewards that you have given us, that you are giving us, and that you will give us one day. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.